AEW One Night Stand, a one-time reunion of the lewdest, the rudest, the crudest, the most insane, the most severe, the most extreme form of sports entertainment legal in the United States today. The original stars of Extreme Championship Wrestling are back for ECW's One Night Stand. Live Sunday, June 12th, only on pay-per-view. will become ECW One Night Stand. Woo! I, I gotta tell you, I wish... I know later on they change it and they upgrade it with scenes of things that happened, I guess, on Raw or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's really unfortunate to me. Because to me, that was the pure trailer. That oh, yeah. It felt like ECW. Dude, I remember even like watching um, like the ads building up to this event or like some real cool shit I'm, i've been trying to find one forever the one there's one like the dudley boys talking about fucking putting people through tables and then it has like more like the old like ecw footage afterwards with like uh with fucking the drowning pool song you know let the bodies hit the floor oh yeah <laughs> which yeah, ends up looking. becoming the fucking wwe cw theme for like six months oh that's always been uh the w because even when they were in um uh, the invasion angle when Stephanie mm-hmm. McMahon owned ECW. Yeah. Um, that was the that was the theme song she would come out to at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that's when that song came out. I think right around that time. So one, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. If not, so. it was real close to it. Yeah, two thousand, two thousand one. I I think. That's one band, uh, Drowning Pool, that... Uh, welcome to wrestling, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> wrestling, King. It's wrestling, y'all. We're, a little, <laughs> we're, we're almost uh, too late with this month's episode, but hey, yeah. it's June 27th. It's going up everywhere as soon as we're done recording it, so mm-hmm. we're, we're fucking on time. <laughs> yeah, we made we made the month, so there we go. <laughs> Fuck you. Kiss our ass. Yeah, kiss my <laughs> shining middle ass. <laughs> kiss my Oklahoma ass. <laughs> Thirty men in my ass. This is the only show where all my wrestling impressions make sense, <laughs> or though they are. <laughs> Even though um, like half of them we do on Guns and Radio are wrestling. Ones too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jr. Vince. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think Cornette came out once in a while. Oh. Yeah, damn. He's a heel, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, until until uh until Bruce Pritchard started doing that yeah, damn. voice, I never did hear Jim Cornette talking like that. Now that uh now it's all I hear. <laughs> but yeah, today of course we're talking about EC dub one night stand. The pay-per-view that would lead to many great moments in the future of the business of ECW. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know, 2006, the following year, ECW would have its greatest year ever. Uh, <laughs> and the, the, uh, the return the- era, which was far greater than anything they ever did before. Oh, man. Don't get me started about the fucking revival. <laughs> My opinion on that is literally like Vince McMahon's like, oh yeah, let me revive ECW so people stop fucking chanting ECW at my shows. <laughs> That's literally it. Ever since then, who the f- every ECW chant gets like died, done. You chant ECW at a show, you're like, why? What the fuck are you doing? 
TNA, TNA. <laughs> I believe we get a TNA chant in this at one point, don't we? I, I maybe I vaguely recall, possibly. There's, I don't think it's a battle royal. I think it's just a big clusterfuck of a fight. Oh yeah, I think in the main event or something when, later on uh, right before. I swear, I thought. I got to be honest. I hadn't really watched this like I was supposed to. Ooh. Yeah, I watched. I've this seen like a it long like a hundred fucking times. Though. Oh yeah, same here. So it's like it's still like vaguely like ingrained in my head, but, um, but I just yeah. don't remember. I think Kid Cash when Kid Cash comes out, doesn't he get a bit of a TNA chant? I think so. Yeah, because I don't know if he was still with TNA at the yeah, he was still doing TNA stuff in 05, I remember, yeah, because I'm also like watching 05 TNA right now here and there. So like oh, watching nice. the pay-per-views and shit. So I'm like, you know what? Like, why not? Like there's some good shit there. So Yeah. You'll have to excuse my voice and those of you watching the video version, I'll try to duck away from the camera from time to time. Uh mm-hmm. Uh, we've been having a lot of rain and a lot of changing weather here in Missouri over the last week, so my sinuses are kind of kind of crazy. So just bear with me. Just the season. <laughs> yeah, I try not to sniffle on here anymore because it gets on my nerves when I'm listening to it in the playback, and I'm like, God damn, if I'm getting on my own nerves so much, mm-hmm. how other people that aren't me feel. You know what I mean? But anyway. Uh, TNA in 05, I, that'll be something for another episode. Definitely. Um, I'd be down. You know, there's some really good stuff, man. Like, I'm, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, of good pay-per-views in 05, even like 06 afterwards, too, once more to get more bigger names coming in and stuff. I was a fan of TNA in 02. I don't even care what people say. Like, the <laughs> Asylum era, when it first was getting started, I was a fan of that, mostly because it was real close to where I live. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of friends that would go up there every week in Huntsville. It wasn't in Huntsville. It was in, uh, it started out in Huntsville. Yeah. The first show was Huntsville. Then they went to uh, Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Nashville, the fairgrounds, mm-hmm. the asylum as they called it. Yes. They tore that place down a few years ago. I think the fairgrounds. Yeah. Sad day, mm-hmm. sad day. But if you watch the asylum after they get to Nashville, You'll start to see uh, I, I, when you pay attention to certain parts of the of the audience. There's uh, I know a lot of people in that crowd, <laughs> but uh, like I said, that's for a, a later episode. Uh, another month story for another month. Even though they are celebrating their anniversary this month, also. Oh yes, yeah. I mean, this the uh, slam anniversary of their pay per is coming up in a few weeks. I think. Yeah, so... Dude, I mean, almost 20 years. <laughs> that's insane to me. That's insane. They lasted longer than fuck, almost... Than, well, ECW. I think WCW, I guess, to an extent. I mean, like, the Ted Turner WCW? Yeah. I mean, WCW wasn't around that long. WCW wasn't around but since 91. Everybody acts mm-hmm. like it was fucking historical and all this other shit. No. It was a fucking little bitty NWA territory. They got lucky. Mm-hmm. With their television deal. Yeah, because what, Turner, it was originally uh, Crockett, and then I guess Turner bought him and then created WCW out of it. It was, shit, it's been through more people than that, but yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I even mean, before, it's a whole other fucking history lineage thing. Like, Oh, yeah, but it was never called WCW until mm-hmm. Ted Turner bought it. Yeah. It was NWA Georgia. Georgia Championship Wrestling. Yeah, or Georgia Championship Wrestling. It was, it was an NWA was, yeah. affiliate in fucking Atlanta is what it was. And then, yeah, the name of the show, like WWE Raw, it was NWA Georgia Championship Wrestling Presents World Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. It, it was the name of the show. It'd be like if WWE changed the name of their whole company to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. You know, it just works out like that sometimes. But um, ECW itself started out as Eastern Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, same coast, <laughs> different direction. Yeah. Um, it, uh, have you ever tried to watch any of the old, like the first episodes of ECW Hardcore TV? Oh, the ones from like 93? Yeah, when Terry Funk was a commentator and shit. I think I watched like a couple of them. They're just, I don't know. <laughs> it's much different <laughs> than what three years later would be. If you think ECW on TNN is hard to get through. Well, <laughs> huh, ECW on TNN is not that hard. It's just like, you can tell it's not Hardcore TV. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my criticisms with ECW, I think a lot of people remember it. I think this pay-per-view we're going to be looking at today is the best ECW Oh, yeah. It, it was a perfect one-off, a well-needed sort of like nostalgia thing, especially because like the closure was still like fresh in a lot of people's eyes. It's only, what, three and a half years mm-hmm. after the last pay-per-view they had. So it was still pretty fresh in people's eyes, even though it was like even three and a half years after, you know, WCW even got bought out. So, I mean, a lot of that was still fresh in, you know, wrestling fans' eyes. Like, there was still, like, that need for some sort of an alternative. And I guess they were slowly getting that with TNA at the time. And then nothing else after 2010. Is the Hawaiian shirt and straw hat guy, um, was he present? I don't think so. I think straw hat guy was at the... the, Because... There was a show the day before One Night Stand at the ECW Arena. Yeah. Hardcore, um, hardcore Homecoming. Yeah. Where a lot of the other guys who weren't on, or some guys who were on the same card or not on the card were there. Uh, but I know, yeah, Astronic Guy was there. Come on, it's the arena, <laughs> man. <laughs> she yeah. did. I'm sorry, man. But you can't, it's not an ECW reunion without Straw Hat Guy, man. Yeah. It's the only person that matters. Paul Heyman doesn't matter. Tommy Dreamer, Raven, Sandman, Sabu, RVD, nobody matters. The only person in ECW that matters to me is the guy in the Hawaiian shirt and the straw hat. Straw hat. <laughs> that is your superstar. That, Dude, that is your like, super fan. Be like having an attitude error reunion without bringing in Stone Cold. Yeah. Like, Put him in the put straw hat guy in the Hall of Fame in 2022. I, you know what? I, I'd get my vote. If there's ever a fan, that and the screaming fat kid. From, all the, <laughs> from the 90s. The, that one kid with the bowl with the bowl haircut. Yeah. <laughs> I found him on the internet before. I got to look and find him again. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, their last pay-per-view was in 2001. Guilty is charged. That was actually a really good pay-per-view. I mean, I, I got to be honest, man. I'm not a huge fan of old ECW. It's got its mm-hmm. moments. Oh, for sure. I, and I'm a fan of the moments. 
But I think a lot of people look back and they only remember the moments. They don't mm-hmm. remember like all the garbage they had to sit through to get to those moments. And yeah. I know I'm pissing a lot of people off right now, but there's a lot more garbage in ECW than there is moments. Yeah. Well, I agree. Like a lot of like wrestling from even this era too, like hasn't really aged well. I mean, but that I was mean, that's yeah. with anything though. Like even oh, yeah. the Attitude Era oh, it was full of garbage, except the yeah. Ruthless Aggression Era. It was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. This was I the mean, more like that character-driven storyline based sort of era of wrestling, where it's like the the wrestling was kind of the in-ring stuff was kind of secondary, I guess, to an extent to most people's eyes. UCW had some really good wrestling. I think what I learned... Now, the only promotion in the world I've ever seen do the hardcore thing correctly. And what I mean by that is uh, it was always there. Like, it could always happen at any given time. Somebody could pull out a chair and beat the shit out of the other guy with it. Mm. But then they didn't. You know what I mean? But you Mm. knew in the back of your mind that they could. Mm -hmm. But... They didn't, and that led to some tension spots that you could build up. Like you could have him thrown out of the ring. Some guy grabs a chair, he's going for the head, and then the other guy kicks him in the gut, throws him back in the ring, and we go back into a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, it for adds sure. a little bit of tension to it with uh, knowing that, yeah, at any given time they could do that, but they just didn't. Like, yeah, it had a lot of. Uh, Real wrestling. Now, in later years, I think they got a little carried away sometimes with it. But for the very, for the most part, they were booked like you, like you book a fucking territory. You can't have it every fucking match, or it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's the thing I liked about ECW too. Is like, yeah, that's like their main selling point. It's like you know, it's extreme. There's like no rules, whatever. But not every match had that. You had like guys who had like high work rate and shit. You had. Uh, good tag team wrestling too. You had a little bit of everything too, and I mean, like, yeah, there's just garbage. It, yeah, it wasn't just like you know, like you're watching fucking XPW or like yeah, CZW for that matter. Where it's like, yeah, I'm like tubes right in every now. match. As long as like Caputo, you feel free to do whatever you want on this show, but as long as I am. On an episode, I will never review CZW or XPW. No, I never know. <laughs> you get somebody else and you guys can do the episode, but I will never sit through that crap. I, I had one XPW DVD, and it was the one of their the promoter's wife that oh, made the, the the nudie tape. Yeah. And, and they, <laughs> well, they're and porn they, stars. Yeah, and they put the they're XPW logo on it. I bought that one. <laughs> And you know what? I wasn't disappointed with it. <laughs> but uh, know, un- until until you get to the to the part with all the wrestling, then it's like, yeah, time to turn this shit off. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. ECW started this whole like trend of like all these other companies like we got to be like hardcore, but like take it to like levels that like you really shouldn't fucking need to. Like, yeah, they blow the psychology away. They yeah, and then the it's just like you're just, yeah, it's like, oh, look, you're throwing a fucking barbed wire web netting thing. I'm like, yeah, you can do like deathmatch wrestling. The guy has like some sort of like psychological shit to it. Mm-hmm. The only exception to the rule I think of that is Wrestling Society X. Yeah, because that was, shit. that was just like fucking like deathmatch wrestling on ADD or like 
some other shit. You know, it was insane with the with the special effects. And I stuff. love WSX, man. It's <laughs> so, so random. <laughs> they had to do some. They had to do some different shit. That's what I liked about those. They couldn't use the standard wrestling format because they only had thirty minutes to. Yeah, so it's just like everything like in your face, and then like the commentators are screaming, "Oh my god!" That was the XPW commentator. Oh yeah, yeah, because he was trying to be like Joey Styles. Like Joey Styles had a had a the catchphrase, "Oh my god!" Yeah, and uh, Chris Claus had uh, he his thing was, (laughs) (laughs) "That fucking sucks." Yeah. Chris Claus is what happens when you buy Joey Styles off of Wish. Literally. <laughs> and then he bumps his head in delivery and becomes retarded. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man, but uh, I'll tell you though, if they would have uh, brought back ECW in, t- in 2006 and kicked it off with Rhino as champion, I would have had a lot more respect for it. Oh, dude, yeah, because, like, the um, looking back on, like, the original plan was to be, like, it's supposed to be, like, the original ECW, whatever, but, like, as a, not, like, on, you know, broadcast, uh, national TV, it was supposed to be, I think, an online-only thing, because that yeah. was a big thing WWE was doing with, like, I know they were doing, like, Sunday Night Heat Velocity, they were uploading them online and stuff, doing that. Yeah, um, but that sucked. Did yeah, but... Did to watch that? Well, back in those days, yeah, like internet wasn't the same as it was nowadays. Like, but I think it, it, it would have kept hot yeah. garbage. Like, yeah, <laughs> but at least then you would have kept sort of like that, like you know, TV fourteen rating. You could have done whatever you want because it was, wasn't on like an actual network television. You could have kept you know some aspects, some uh, the essence of like the original ECW in there too. Yeah, I'll tell you just, though, when they started know, that Velocity and Sunday Night Heat online bullshit. I watched one and I was like, oh yeah, it's fucking heat. Like, no wonder it sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because then by that time, like, heat just became like, a, a, just like, here's like random matches with people no one cares about. Yeah, it was all jobber matches and, uh. Whereas, like, yeah, back in the Attitude Era, they'd actually, like, try and weave in storylines. Even, like, the heat right before pay-per-view, they use it as, like, a pre-show, which is really fucking cool. Well, it was brilliant during the Monday Night War because the night before the battle time, you had a show to hook everybody in to come back tomorrow night. Same bat mm-hmm. time, same bat channel, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when the Monday Night War was over, Sunday Night Heat became obsolete. Yeah, and they are like, trying to turn it into its own thing with, like, the storylines and shit. And then, I don't know, they just gave up. Yeah. About the time it went to MTV, they gave up. And about yeah. the time they started beating WCW, they gave up. Yeah, pretty much. Or I should say when WCW started beating itself. Yeah. And it, well, it mismanaged itself, realistically. <laughs> well, uh, after Guilty is charged, they had a couple of house shows. And then that was that was it. There was another pay per view advertised, like at the end of Guilty as Charged. Never happened though. And the uh, the then there was the invasion, where mm-hmm. all of the best stars of ECW showed up for an amazing angle. Yeah, or like the WWE. other half of them that WWE poached from in like '99. Yeah, <laughs> Dudley's test. Man. 
could you imagine if they'd have won the Survivor Series and we were like, oh, fuck, now this angle's going to keep going? <laughs> yeah, well, if it was booked better, I wouldn't mind, but, like, you make these, like, guys look like fucking chums, dude. If they'd have waited a year, it'd have been fine. Oh, yeah, dude. I was like, why not? If they'd have waited till February, because, you know, that February, uh, Hogan, Hall, and Nash came in. Yeah, and you could have got, like, more... A lot of those guys' contracts would have expired with WC, the Time Warner. Yeah. Whatever, they would have got their money, you know, sitting on whatever, got their money. You could have got, like, Goldberg, Sting, some other guys. Even even Flair, he came right right the day after it ended. Well, uh, what I would recommend, what I would, uh, and rebooking the invasion is a whole other situation. Mm-hmm. That's not the topic of today. But, um, like... I think if they would have just had like the guys that they had on the roster, mm-hmm. <clears throat> let them come in, let them develop. I mean, you obviously don't like what they do in the ring, even though you've signed them, but mm-hmm. whatever. And like, you know what I mean? Start with push, push back to, okay, we still have fully loaded in, in July. We're still going everything business as usual. Mm-hmm. Then we, we get to SummerSlam. Maybe Booker T <laughs> interferes and attacks The Rock and is not seen again. Then mm-hmm. we get to the next pay-per-view. Maybe DDP comes running in and attacks somebody and is never seen again. Oh, yeah. Slow and build, then, I think. You know what I mean? Like, like drag slow it build out, to, a, like, a WrestleMania. Drag his motherfucker out. And, to, and, then, and then at February, the NWO comes out and randomly attacks somebody. Then we get to WrestleMania, and there you go. Boom. All the WCW dudes come out. And whoop somebody's ass, you know? Mm-hmm. Could have the whole, like, WrestleMania themed around that, like, sort of thing. Like, WCW versus WWE. The whole, the next like, year. Yeah. Would have had WrestleMania 2003, WWE versus WCW. Instead of at Survivor Series, do it at Mania. Because then you can burn off your Goldberg versus Steve Austin. That you get, you get all your dream matches on one card. You get your yeah. fucking... You probably have, like, the biggest... Biggest wrestling card in history. You wouldn't have pissed off Sting. The gate would so have been insane on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Scott Steiner versus Triple H would have still been disappointing, but, you know. Yeah. Or if they sort of waited a bit with Scott Steiner, because wasn't he like still injured at the time when they brought him in? I don't remember. I'm sure they fucked it up somehow. Yeah, I don't know. They should have just, like, just, I don't know, they made him, like, face, which was, like, weird. Because I guess, like, he's over with the crowd, but, like... That character he had was like a heel. He was a monster. That's why it was over. (laughs) Crazy. Well, um, let's talk about ECW One Night Stand. All right. Um, Uh, We know the story. They mm -hmm. shut down in 2001 due to financial issues. Uh, WWE, even though they did the ECW invasion, did not actually acquire ECW until 2003. Did you know that? Yeah, because, well, I think a few months after the last pay-per-view, Heyman basically filed for a bankruptcy, whatever, and then a lot of the stuff was still held up in, like, bankruptcy court and stuff, and then WWE ended up just buying everything a couple years later. Paying off Heyman's debt? Pretty much. <laughs> God, Paulie, you smart fucking bastard. I know, right? Like, yeah, everybody dude, talks it's... about how shitty of a businessman he is. I, I, I disagree. I mean, in some aspects, yeah, he's shitty. He did kind of run ECW into the ground, whatever. But the dude was getting money from WWE while he was still running ECW. And like then he ends up 
getting his debts paid off by them too. He's the greatest fucking con artist in professional wrestling history. Oh my god, and he's still there. <laughs> to this day. Yeah. He'll never go away. Like. Oh, he won't, dude. The, that dude is a, a creative mind for wrestling and one of, the, one of the best bookers to ever do it. Oh, yeah. Well, in 2004, a year later, WWE released a DVD called The Rise and Fall of ECW. Which is a fucking phenomenal DVD. Um, oh, it is on the it. network. You should check it out. Oh, yeah. I love I love the, the Rise and Fall. I mean, it's four hours long. We should tell you that before you go. <clears throat> yeah. Well, um, on the network, it's almost three, I think. Is it? The DVD was like... Uh, oh, there's extras and shit on the DVD. There's even like a, a, a book version of it that basically is just like the same thing, but like in written format. There's a better that. version of The Rise and Fall, and it's been taken down off of YouTube, so I can't find it right now. But if somebody out there is a wrestling fan and has this MP4 in your uh, collection, please send it to me because I'd love to have it. But somebody went through... because. There's another documentary. Released. There's a couple, actually. Well, there's one called Forever Hardcore. Yeah, there's that one. And then a few years ago, someone did um, one called Barbed Wire City. It was like an unauthorized ECW thing. I haven't seen that. I'm just, I just like Forever Hardcore. Forever Hardcore was, Forever was decent. Hardcore just as much, but it also gave other sides of the story. Like... They had their narrative with the DVD, which is a documentary. That's what you do. You have a narrative and you roll with it. Mm-hmm. No hate there. <clears throat> but like when they talk about Todd Gordon getting fired and shit on Forever Hardcore, they actually have Todd Gordon talking about what happened and telling mm-hmm. his side of the story. And to me, that was just really cool. And somebody took the Rise and Fall of ECW and the Forever Hardcore DVDs. They edited them together and made one documentary using both of the documentaries combined, just whatever they were talking about at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so if anybody out there has the Forever Hardcore ECW Rise and Fall edit, fan edit out there, I'd love to get my hands on it. But that DVD did so good, man. Everybody bought that fucking DVD. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it was still like... Like I said even earlier before, like you said, it was still fresh in people's minds. Like it didn't really have like that proper um, closure, I guess. Like you know, like WCW had, yeah, WCW had like their final night or whatever, and that was like I guess decent enough closure for them. But like ECW yeah. just like faded into like sunset, basically. Yeah. So I can but, see why. Yeah, we all wanted to know what the fuck happened, so. Mm-hmm. And back then, you know, we had the internet, but it wasn't as, you know, prevalent as it is now. So, it was really cool to get everybody's side. And even if you did, you're only going to hear what Dave Meltzer fucking thought happened. And, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that. But, the, the DVD did so well that uh, WWE announced that they would be doing the ECW reunion show yeah. at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah. Do we know why they didn't do it at the arena? Um, well, probably, I don't know, trying to, like, I guess, get WWE trucks and, like, their production and stuff in there would probably be a fucking nightmare to do. And they probably wanted a bigger crowd anyways. Yeah. And, like, the Hammerstein was, like, also kind of synonymous with, like, the later, like, the last year of ECW was basically all there at the Hammerstein. 
Yeah. And I believe like there was even interviews later on. Paul Heyman was basically like, I was, he was going to base, um, EC, like if ECW continued after a one, he was going to base everything in Hammerstein in New York and stuff. And then yeah. maybe go back to the arena as well here and there. But most of the shows would be at Hammerstein. So I guess that's why too. And then I was like, Oh look, it's the last place where they ran a pay-per-view or whatever. So it's kind of, I guess in that sort of way, it's a little bittersweet. But uh, you got to thank Rob Van Dam for this one, actually. Yeah, the, and I'll yeah, tell that's you, the whole... when it comes to the venue, they probably had connections because it's the same building mm-hmm. where WWE used to film Monday Night yeah, Raw. The Manhattan Center. I think it was, what, a different floor or something? Uh, yeah, they filmed it at the Manhattan Center in the... Um, I forget where Raw was taped. I think it's called the Manhattan Center. I believe it uh, was because it was, yeah, different um, users. These are like high up, like things. They're like not like on ground level. They're on like a different thing. I think from what yeah, I it's so weird. They've got these huge um, ballrooms, and uh, you wouldn't know that like there's a whole other arena <laughs> underneath it. You know. <laughs> Yeah, literally. Because um, even like, Mad yeah, Man you hear, Center. yeah, you hear stories of them trying like the ring crew is like, oh, we got to put all this shit in elevators and stuff. Yeah, trying to get us up pain in the ass. Yeah, uh, let's see. It's a grand bar. The grand ballroom at the Hammerstein or at the Manhattan Center is the Hammerstein ballroom. So Hammerstein's mm-hmm. bigger. The one that ECW was in was mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was Hammerstein. This one was uh the big one was the biggest mm. of the two but then there's um i'm looking give me a second i'm trying to find where monday night raw there's what the city was that the monday night raw was why don't i look for this why don't you tell them the story about how rob van dam did his thing yeah so i think like because uh the whole success of the rise and fall of vcw dvd happened whatever and all that and then um I believe it was like Rob Van Dam would pitch to Vince like, oh, why don't we, why don't you ever, ever thought of like doing an ECW like reunion show, like a one night only thing. And I guess Vince loved the idea so much. He's like, get on it. And then you got Tommy Dreamer to get a lot of the originals or whoever to come in and do the show. Um, yeah. And then Paul Heyman, I guess, was involved too, looking at reports. Uh, that's pretty much it. Like he, it was Rob Van Dam started the whole catalyst for it. And then you had Dreamer and Heyman. Um, sort of organizing the whole thing. Getting Shane was a big there. was a big supporter as well. Yeah, well, yeah. Even back to it before, like the original idea for the relaunch of ECW, that was all Shane McMahon's idea. I, I remember hearing a lot of people talk about that. Monday Night Raw was recorded in the Grand Ballroom. I'm sorry ah, for that. Yeah. The Grand Ballroom and the and the Hammerstein Ballroom are two separate things. The Grand Ballroom is where Monday Night Raw was, and the Hammerstein Ballroom is where ECW was. Yeah. <clears throat> if but, if only Vince listened to his son more, he could have fucking owned the UFC twenty years ago. I know, right? But uh, you know, Shane even left <laughs> for a long. Yeah, time. So he's probably just tired of his shit. He's like, I fuck this, and then he came back, and now I guess he wants his half. So. <laughs> Well, no, let me tell you what Shane did. You know what Shane did while he was gone? He started some, like, on-demand movie service in China or some shit. Yeah, he became... I don't know if he started it, but he became a CEO Mm -hmm. of a fucking cable company in a whole Mm -hmm. other country. And he rode that train for a while. He he made his money somewhere else. Mm -hmm. 
Which Vince should have known, man, because, you know, we heard the story about Shane wanted a raise when he was a teenager and Vince wouldn't give him one, so he quit and got another job. And then he ended up building his dad's house. <laughs> oh, my God. Actually, I think uh, the way the story goes, I haven't heard the story in a really long time, but I believe, if I remember correctly... Uh, the the people building the house that Shane that that's Vince's house now is how Shane got his new job because he was like you guys make how much you'll pay me the how much so it's like Dad I want to <laughs> I want to raise <laughs> and he was like who do you think you are he's like all right deuces hey guy I'll help you build this house let's go build some mm-hmm. houses <laughs> yeah but yeah Shane was definitely uh, and you know, Vince would never listen to fucking Paul Heyman. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we've we've heard the stories. But I feel like Shane being there. What's the word I'm looking for? Advocate, mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Really, probably helped seal the deal. I'd say so. But uh, let's see here. The pay-per-view, the build-up began in the middle of May mm-hmm. with uh, a lot of people behind the scenes trying to uh, uh, secure former ECW alumni to participate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, the people that were contacted at first were Sandman, Sabu, Just Incredible, and Joey Styles, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. And what do you think would have happened if Joey Styles would have said no? Oh, that would be weird. How You can't really do it without Joey Styles. I know. <laughs> Who else would you get on commentary? Imagine, yeah, it's like Michael Cole calling an ECW event. They'd boom out of the fucking building. Chris Kloss. <laughs> oh, God. That would be a slap in the face. <laughs> Mike Denae and Don West. That would have been bad. That would have been marking out for everything. <laughs> Did you say that, Mike? They would have just hired some guy that sounds like Joey Styles, not showed him on screen. <laughs> yeah, they would have got Jason <laughs> Sensations to do another impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, or, uh, oh god, Joel Gertner. Oh well, he was here. I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have him on commentary. <sighs> Yeah, Joel Gertner's appearance on this is pathetic. Yeah, it does kind of suck. At least he's like there. Sure, he got probably got like a small payday out of it. But like, he probably even got if he, fifty I, bucks. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say even if you didn't get Joey Styles, you get Joel Gertner and you get friggin' um, Don Callis, you get Cyrus back. I, don't, yeah. I think he was out of the wrestling business by then, but like he would take a one off. Yeah. Uh, well, he's back now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Billy Corgan. Oh, man. What a joke. Yeah, Billy uh, Corgan, speaking of, he almost invested in ECW back then. Good thing he didn't. Man, that mark needs to go the fuck on. <laughs> like, yeah, the NWA is pretty much dead. but ah, It's doing its own thing. Uh, people will enjoy it. I don't really care for it. but I liked it enjoy it like it the way it was, man. Where we had, because the NWA, before Billy Corgan bought it, we had an indie, a champion of the indies. Mm-hmm. 
that toured the Indies, and you know, it, it made it. It was a little bit like the old territory system in a way. And then Billy Corgan came along. He got greedy, fucked everybody over. Let's be real. That's what he did. I've talked to a lot of people who have worked with Billy Corgan now because of that NWA purchase. Anything from the general consensus is he's a piece of shit. And I'm a lot more inclined to believe my friends who have actually worked with the motherfucker than I am to believe what a bunch of marks on the internet think. So. Oh, did you see that new t-shirt that says only marks and it's like the only fans logo? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's fucking clever, man. Uh, yeah. But they got, uh, they got some uh, people together and, uh, ECW original Rob Van Dam pretty much announced, you know, that he was responsible. He took all the credit. Oh, yeah. He was pretty much the catalyst for it. Yeah. And then, yeah, he was injured. The shoe promo he cuts later on, though, is real good shit. Oh, let's see here. Yeah. And then they basically built this whole thing on, like, this, uh, another invasion angle as well. You know, um, I'm wasn't reading a note here that so many people tried to buy the event on EC on WWE's website that the website crashed because there yeah, wasn't dude. enough bandwidth. Hype, bro. That damn. 2005, a bandwidth crash. That was pretty common then. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, not with WWE, it wasn't. It didn't crash whenever WrestleMania came out that year. Probably. I don't know. We'll have to look into that, but. Every bandwidth crash of WWE, somebody's done that. Yes. Some nerd out there has put that spreadsheet together. (laughs) Tell us what you you found, nerds. Yeah, you only marks. Only marks, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they did have another invasion. This time, WWE would would invade ECW. We're going to get a little revenge. And, uh... That would happen. That angle would begin on Monday Night Raw. You know, they RVD says we don't even need a storyline, but you kind of had one. Yeah, they didn't, but like it, it probably would help to get more buys with one to get more of like, like the hardcore ECW fans would obviously fucking buy it, but you get more of these other people, um, like who don't know about ECW, like oh, this is really cool shit. Maybe I'll, you know, why not check it out? Yeah, I mean, don't be uh, don't be fooled though by this event. And think that every show in ECW is just like this. Nah. Uh-uh. Yeah. This was just like the one off <laughs> thing. And the this whole invasion, is... yeah. The whole invasion angle just basically was built off, you know, every ECW fan's hatred for Eric Bischoff and WCW. That was it. <laughs> well, uh, before uh, the event began on pay per view, there was a special episode called Extreme Heat of Sunday Night Heat mm-hmm. on Spike TV. That basically was just a was just a uh, build up for the show. I don't think they had any matches. It looks like uh, it does say here that uh, Joey Styles welcomed everyone to ECW, but um, that happened after the pay per view went on air. So yeah, Wikipedia oh, yeah. is wrong. Yeah, the pay per view uh, it started basically in like typical ECW fashion. Joey Styles comes out he's a little emotional 
rightfully so. And um, he introduces his uh, commentary partner for the night, none other than Mick Foley. You know, the only thing that disappointed me was when he was standing in the ring without Joel Gertner beside him. Yeah, I would have been down to hear like a Joel Gertner uh, sexual line, Rick. <laughs> Something. And well, well, well. Especially with the name One Night Stand. Oh, my like, God. Like for him to work with. Dude. But then again, they probably like, let's not get thrown off pay-per-view for this. Because, I mean, yeah. this is WWE when they're now a corporately traded company, so. Yeah, you got some explaining to do to the board of directors. I mean, what the fuck still, happened last night? <laughs> they were still technically TV 14 at the time, but that would be breaching the lines of, like, TVMA. <laughs> I believe the event was rated TVMA, was it not? Well, I guess since it's pay-per-view, you get away with a lot more. But it was rated TVMA, th- if I'm probably? not mistaken. I think, I think this so. event was rated MA. I don't. I could be wrong. Let's see what the DVD says. Don't I have the rating on the DVD? Let's see. No, I guess it doesn't. Oh, well. I think it was 14 or MA, one of the two. I don't know. Uh, who cares? It's irrelevant. Yeah. So. Let's, uh, let's get into some matches. Our first match of the night, Chris Jericho versus Lance Storm. One of the greatest tag teams of the early, early, early 90s. Mm-hmm. The, uh, uh, what were they called? Not the, the Impact. Thrill Seekers. The Thrill Seekers. There we go. Oh, yeah. The Thrill Seekers came uh, fought each other. Of course, Lance Storm was with the lovely Dawn Marie, who would go on. She wasn't never on SmackDown before this, was she? I think she, well, she was, um, she was working for the company. She was an employee there. But oh. fact about this, she was, I believe, pregnant at the time during this. Damn. And I think she did this one thing, and then she went off for like maternity leave for a little while. Now, Don Marie was one of the cougar mills, if I ever saw one, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Remember when she did that storyline where uh, where uh, she was with Tori Wilson's dad? Oh, shit, that was her? Yeah, that was Don Marie. Oh, yeah, with Al Wilson. <laughs> yeah. That was a... And then they smashed and he died. Yeah. That was was funny, man. It was was there. That's just, I don't know. Everybody (laughs) shits on that, but fuck y'all, man. That was funny. I thought that was hilarious. That's definitely something that Vince approved, and he was laughing his ass off. That made me laugh my ass off, man. (laughs) Old dude bangs this hot cougar milk, and then... She bang, he, it was a convoluted story. Like she bangs his daughter to keep from marrying, and then she marries him anyway. Hmm. <laughs> then he does that. You see him laying in the casket. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that part of? Didn't he have a smile on his face and shit when he was dead? Like I think I, I vividly remember that. I think I don't know. I haven't or seen did, it in like years, so. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. That's yeah. I had honestly before just now. I haven't thought about that storyline in so long. But uh, Chris Jericho, of course, Lance Storm would defeat Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. and he didn't have many matches after this. I don't think. Did he only have one other match after this? Well, they were like uh, on commentary. They're hyping this as like his final match. But like Lance Storm didn't retire until like twenty. 2014, 20, I think it was 2016. He didn't retire until because I remember I was at an ROH show like in 2012 and I saw him wrestle there. Well, I'm gonna tell you the uh, 
to me, retiring because I'm a regular ass dude mm-hmm. means you don't go to work tomorrow again. Yeah. A lot of these guys, Dean Malenko is not retired. None of these motherfuckers are retired. They all they did was change jobs. Yeah, they still work <laughs> in the business. They're just, I guess, retired from in ring action. I mean, Ricky Dimalenko, I think, took like a bump a couple weeks ago on AW or something. Yeah, but I'll tell you this much: by God, when I come to retire, I'm not going to come in and then advise everybody on how to do the job I used to do. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. I'm going fishing. <laughs> um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, do man. something else. That's how you know you love your job, though, because I sure would not show up for work in any kind of capacity. Yeah. But that's just like the wrestling business. You hear all sorts of stories. These guys retiring, unretiring. I mean, it's an addictive fucking business. Like, you, it really it's hard is, to leave. man. To it leave. really is. Like, mm-hmm. here I am. I've been on hiatus for two years and fucking talking about it on the internet which I was reluctant to do this show. This was Caputo's baby right here. <laughs> this is me hooking up my buddy. <laughs> this is what this Cheers to you. <laughs> you the man, Caputo. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, this is a really good fucking match like, uh, to kick things off. I love Jericho and the old Lionheart gear. It's a cool little throwback. Yeah, and he even did the Lion Tamer as his uh, finisher. Oh, that was fucking cool. I'm like, oh, the crowdcore chants are out. You know, it's ECW, baby. (laughs) (laughs) This really did set the tone for the night. uh, Dude, yeah. what we were going to expect. Good commentary on this as well. There's one bit like Joey Styles called the New York State Athletic Commission sissies for having mats on the floor. (laughs) It's like, we had to have mats on the floor because NY New York uh, Commission said we had to. It's fucking sissies. (laughs) What? I do see a note here that says during the Storm and uh, Jericho match, uh, the Chris Candido chant broke out. Oh yeah, cause this to... was this was a yeah that's around the time he passed away. Yeah, and I literally yeah, yeah I just watched Lockdown 2005 not like in the last week or so, and like I saw that match and I'm like wow, that was his last yeah. match ever, and he was like injured when like the first minute you see like. If you actually look at like that match, his last match, whatever, like he was doing some like it was like it looked like a simple spot, whatever, like a back and forth thing. But then like he just somehow like landed wrong or is landed on something, and you see the ankle boom. I'm like, oh. I mean, had he <laughs> listened to the doctors and not tried to fly, he would have been fine. Probably, but uh. I mean, like they tell you, you know, don't fucking fly. Mm-hmm. Don't. You know, walk around on it. Don't do all this traveling and shit. Stay home. Nurse the injury. Mm-hmm. Record some goddamn promos and send them in. Like, they mm-hmm. could have taped shit at his house. Yeah. And Impact would have done that, too. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know why. I guess, was he was he still married to Sonny? No, I don't know. They were, like, on and off. Were they? What? I don't... Hmm. I don't know. Sonny got his last paycheck. I guess they were still... I don't know. They're they're still intercrossed, you know. Why? <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, Wrestling. I guess she's like stupid hot, but damn, man. <clears throat> yeah, she is pretty stupid now, but <laughs> I mean, stupid hot. <laughs> I mean, she was. Now, oh god. I, I still would, man. It's sunny. I don't know. Mm. I would just to be able to say I did it. Maybe after, you know, getting shit faced, I'd consider it, but <laughs> she booted. You ever listen to 
something to wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> she pouted. She pouted. Pouted. Yeah, but this is yeah, this is a really good um, back and forth in this matchup. Some really cool spots. Um, uh, let's see here. I'm trying to look through my notes. Um, holy shit, we got we got a sexiest man alive. Jason makes a cameo in this one. Yeah, which is really cool. Uh, so the finish basically, uh, Jericho has Storm in the roll up. Storm pushes him into the corner. There, Justin Credible's out there. Boom! Wax with the candlestick, rolls him up. One, two, three. Let's talk about Jason Knight. Yeah. For a little bit. Now, he uh, he did some time in ECW. The former ECW television champion. Yeah. I mean, he was in WWE for a little while. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Let me see what I can find out. So, apparently, he'd been on hiatus. And uh, up until this point... And he actually returned the night before at Hardcore Homecoming. Oh, shit. And then made an appearance at One Night Stand. He then joined Defiant Pro Wrestling in 2006. Yeah, he probably just did a bunch of indies, it seems like, I think. Yeah, and it looks like he has since retired. Is he retired or is he dead? No, he's he's still alive, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, sure. He's just retired. Yeah. But I mean, that's a that's a neat promo there. That's definitely one for the ECW faithful cuz you show sure ain't gonna know who this is if you didn't watch ECW. Yeah, that was a good pop for the hardcore uh, fans there. This is a really good cool cool uh, opening match. Really cool. These like Lance Storm and Chris Jericho just work so well together. And even if, like, the limited time only had, like, seven and a half, eight minutes, but it was still really solid, really good match. Um, I give it three and a half stars. Yeah, I'm not going to rate these because, um, to be honest, I will rate one match in this show mm-hmm. when we get to it. There's only one. I'm not going to rate them because I didn't watch it recently enough mm-hmm. to be able to give a, f- a full criticism on it. But, Nick, you said you did. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Three stars. Three and a half. Uh, I'll give it, yeah. Oh, three and a half. Yeah, Up solid. next, we got, uh, this is the one I think that went kind of crazy. Yeah. The, um, everyone's favorite three-way that happened. God knows. These three guys faced each other God knows how many fucking times between the years 98 and 2001 in ECW. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. But... You gotta do it one more time for fucking nostalgia's sake. Super crazy little Guido Tajiri. Uh, the old three-way dance rules, which I really need to make a comeback in wrestling. Where uh, everybody gets pinned? Yeah, it's basically elimination style. Yeah. Yeah, those need to make a comeback. And, of course, Tajiri was accompanied by Mikey Whipwreck and Father James Mitchell. The Sinister then. Minister. He was called Sinister Minister. Sinman. Or uh, was he like Vanderberg in WCW? I don't know. Yeah, that's what like a lot of like the, the old WCW guys refer to him as Vandenberg. I don't know. I know he played the devil in Russo's Christian. Yeah. <laughs> Ring of Glory. I'm about to review Ring of Glory. Bro, I'm born again. <laughs> Bro, wrestling. Bro. <laughs> Whoever thought mixing Jesus with wrestling was going to draw money when fucking wrestling barely draws money half the time yeah. anyway? 
um, pre-match though, before this, there was a whole um, ECW uh, remembers package for all like the the wrestlers who passed on before this. Um, there's a lot here they actually cover. In 2006, they were the lucky ones. <laughs> yeah, it was chosen. Yeah, by 2005. Yeah, so that um, they showed like Rock of Rock, one half of Public Enemy, uh, Terry Bam Bam Gordy. The f- Is Johnny Grunge dead now too? Yeah, they're both. They both passed on, unfortunately. I so. um, Mike Lockwood, uh, known as Crash Holly, <sighs> he actually wrestled in ECW. Wow, I, I didn't even know that until I saw that. Um, Pitbull number two, Big Dick Dudley. Um, the OG Sheik. Yeah. I, was that, um, I think, Sabu's uncle? or Yeah, the original yeah, Sheik. original Sheik. And then uh, they showed Chris Candido in the most recent one. And again, the Chris Candido champ breaks out again. Which, oh, yeah. rightfully so, that dude was a great talent. Oh, dude, yeah. Candido was phenomenal, man. He, he mm-hmm. got a rough deal in life. But, I mean, personal-wise, it's like... Man, why did he put up with Sonny's bullshit? I don't know, man. The the things you do for love, I guess. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Who won that match? Super Crazy won the match. Super Crazy, yeah. So, yeah, Tajiri had the Unholy Alliance with him. Little Guido basically had every fucking member of the FBI that existed, almost. Pretty much. <laughs> like, I think, like, Big Sal was there. Um, J.T. Smith. <laughs> Tracy Smothers. Mama Luke. Didn't they bring back the FBI for SmackDown after this? I think for a bit, yeah. After this, I know the BWO was on SmackDown. Yeah, because of what happens later on, which we'll cover. <laughs> uh, yeah, the FBI was on SmackDown. Yeah. And they brought, yeah, they, they, brought... <laughs> they formed a new stable with some of the guys that we're going to see here in a little bit called the Mexicools. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and what I think is the most racist fucking shit ever. Oh, my come God. Out that was that was blatant <laughs> racism at its finest. Oh, my God. I'm not going to lie, though. That was funny. <laughs> it was funny, but fucking racist. I mean, yeah, <laughs> was it was so... racist. But you think they didn't know, like, what was going on? No, they they were laughing all the way to the bank. Probably, but they also probably hated it at the same time. It's like, oh, well, it's our job. We have to fucking do it. Try to make, you know, chicken salad or chicken shit. The Mexicals. Mexicals, yeah. Remember when Mikey Whipwreck never got one move in? Oh, yeah. The little kid Mikey? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. He became world champion. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, he's he's ECW Triple Crown. Yeah. And then he turned heel and joined Sinister Minister and became a badass. Yeah, pyromaniac or something. He had the, the red hair and everything. Yeah, but this is a pretty dope match, too. Um, probably the best spot of this match. Fucking super crazy moonsaulting off a balcony. And then oh, Joey yeah. Styles going, oh, Dios meas. <laughs> God, good <laughs> shit. And I still love how, like, when super crazy has, like, the corner punches, they all chant in Spanish instead of English. They go, uno, dos. <laughs> Which is still fucking awesome. Yeah. Man, those fans, when they're happy, you can't beat them. Oh, yeah. There was, like, a weird spot, though, in here. I think, like, uh, James Mitchell's, like, running in the ring. He was trying to uh, take out Big Guido or whatever. But, like, I think you could tell the camera angle. He fucking whiffed it completely. And he, like, falls down before he can, like, chop lock him underneath. <laughs> uh, you fucked up. I know there's a couple of you fucked up chants in this match. Oh, yeah. It's ECW. They'll, they'll let you know when you fucked up. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like you didn't know already. Yeah. Uh, so Mikey interferes, the whippersnapper, little Guido, that takes him out. Um, super crazy going for like those, the three moonsaults off each turnbuckle. But then uh, Mikey interferes again. But super crazy is like, nah, fuck that shit. He hits the moonsault on uh, Tajiri, wins the match. Three and a half stars for me on this one. I, I'll give it. Sorry, three and a half? Three, yeah, another three and a half. It's a pretty solid like three-way, even though we've seen this like so many times. I think for nostalgia purposes, it's pretty cool. You know I mean, what match we'll, I'm tired of seeing? What? Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. <laughs> Those two are destined to fight forever. I mean, it could work, <laughs> but like WWE has done it, I don't know, probably how many times since they've been on the same roster. Like, I was watching at the pay-per-view this past Sunday. and I'm, Heck in a sack. And when I say watching at, I mean, I had it on and then I was like doing housework and shit. And I come back and look at the TV for two or three seconds and then go back to work. And- yeah. WWE right now is just throwing shit out there. They're like, we're just waiting for, you know, once we get the crowds in and everything. That's when apparently, you know, that's when the good shit's going to come in. So I guess basically Brock Lesnar's going to win the title and hold it for two years and defend it five times. Yeah, no. Or whatever Vince no. considers good. I don't know. Like Peacock to come along and buy the shit and put it out. Oh, it, dude, it seems like it with the, the amount of people they're just like releasing like fucking nothing. Yeah. Yeah, you could form a fucking nice little indie promotion with all the people released just this year. Dude, an insane amount. Like every like two months they're dropping like ten guys. Yeah, well, you know, when they, they lost me when they cut Zack Ryder. The, yeah, the dude who literally had to get himself over, and then W's like, nah, fuck you. you. We didn't get you over, so fuck you. We don't want you to be over. Yeah, which, which why would you not capitalize on that? Do you not like money? <laughs> they have too much of it. That's the fucking problem, because people are going to pour money into that company no matter what the fuck they do. Nah, it's <clears> because <throat> Vince is a petty bastard. It's like the same reason why the whole invasion angle happened. He's not going to book anyone from another promotion or anyone who's gotten over somewhere else the same way. Yeah. Which I'm surprised, like, AJ Styles had it pretty good so far, which uh, which is weird, because, like, he's always... He's been a TNA guy. I'm surprised they can book him into oblivion. That's because Vince doesn't know that because he doesn't watch TNA. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> Ray Mysterio Jr. versus Psychosis is next in what sounds like should be an amazing match, but this crowd... Shit all over this man. Yeah, the the second like psychosis took the mask off, they're like, oh no, not happening. <laughs> yeah, when they start chanting, put it back on. Yeah, uh, there's some good lucha libre chants. Um, I thought it was okay. I mean, I didn't hate but, it, but when Ray did the six one nine, these fans, I think, yeah, I was like, these fans probably expected them to do the same shit they did in ninety five, but now, like after many knee surgeries, these guys can't do the same shit. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Rey Mysterio would have a fucking knee surgery every other year at this point. Yeah. Uh, there was some cool shit, though, in this match. I like the fucking, um, Sikos did a kick-ass guillotine leg drop. Rey Mysterio was, like, draped on the guardrail from, like, top rope to the floor, which is nuts. Yeah. That and then they go into, uh, they go into the friggin', uh, the crowd, whatever. And Joy Styles has a fucking cool line. It's like, oh, look, it's take a luchador home night here. <laughs> night stand. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, holy shit, which is really cool. Rey Mysterio from, like, the springboards off into the crowd onto Psychosis. Like, wow. And, like, you don't see, like, dudes, like, jumping into the fucking crowd like that anymore because 
fucking liability issues would be up the ass. Well, uh, you want to rate this match? Yeah, I give it three and a quarter. I enjoy it. It was pretty decent. Could have been better a little bit, yeah, but it wasn't like terrible. I still enjoyed it. There's some cool spots in there. I still enjoyed it. I mean, if you really want a good Rey Mysterio Psychosis match, I'd probably go. They had so many. They had a few in ECW, like in 95. Oh, it was oh, a yeah, two out of three no falls match, which like everyone still talks about, which is really, really good shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is not uh, a good example of what <coughs> that match is like, of what a Psychosis Rey Mysterio match is like. Yeah, but the, the, this is like you know ten years later, and like their bodies have like you know been injured and they've yeah, probably done enough damage to it and shit. But still, it was pretty decent. I enjoyed it. After this, we finally get some decent talent on the screen when Kurt Angle, <laughs> JBL, Carlito, and of course the greatest wrestler of all time, Matt Morgan, show up. Yeah, this is this is a stuttering Matt Morgan, I think. And the yeah. crowd was very pleased. They chanted... Yeah. Fuck you, you suck dick. Uh, they chanted things like, uh, <coughs> you sure are awesome. <laughs> fuck, we missed you. Yeah. Uh, Smackdown Crusaders was a Kurt Angle, uh, uh, JBL, his cabinet, Carlito and Matt Morgan walking through. And then Joel Gertner makes his first appearance of the night, goes to yeah. interview them, but he gets pretty, pretty much punked off. They take the mic. And then fucking... Uh, Angle and JBL are just cutting promos. The best is when Angle's like cutting his promo, the the crowd's shouting, You suck dick, you suck dick, and his fucking response kills me. Your mother <laughs> taught me how. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still fucking chanting at him. They're like, Shut up. <laughs> and then Kurt Angle says, The last time I was at an ECW event, I walked out halfway through because it sucked. Well, fun fact, he was at an ECW event in 96. He walked out because. Raven fight the sand, and he's like, as a devout Christian, I'm offended by this. Rightfully so. Yeah. Well, then some jobber named Rob Shakowski and some skinny <laughs> dude with a whistle came out. Yeah, dude. RVG and Fonzie interrupt. <laughs> Rob cuts a fucking a, a kick-ass shoe promo, basically saying, "I would rather miss WrestleMania than miss this." All this stuff. Yeah. Um, it was it, that that you can tell was like straight from the heart, like Rob Van Dam. Uh, uh, kudos to him, like you know, and he basically sh- like was like shooting on the fact about like how this is before I was cutting promos, just saying cool and whatever and stuff. Like how yeah. basically WWE just turned him into like a, an idiot, a stoner character. How stoned do you think he was this night? Very stoned. RVD four twenty said, "I smoked your ass." Come on, man. <laughs> I'm going to say he was fucking stoned as hell because the lights go off and Sabu appears and anybody knows when you get those two together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, before this, Rhino came out, gored the shit out of Rob, and then, you know, the lights go out, everyone's like, oh, my God, shut up. And then we get an impromptu match here, which is, you know, akin to very much how ECW, like, past pay-per-views, you get a lot of impromptu, like, unadvertised matches and stuff like that. Okay. Even on, like, their regular programming, too. That was basically... I think so. We got a nice, quick little Sabu Rhino match. Yeah, which is and, you know uh, Sabu doing Sabu things, you know, jumping off the fucking chairs, doing stuff, getting his uh, shit in. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the finish here. So basically, RVD comes back, you know, on the one leg. He fucking smacks the shit out of Rhino with the chair. 
and then does like the surfboard, like the drop, like does like the corner thing, no holds the chair. He drop kicks the fucking chair right into Rhino in the corner. Um, Sabu plants Rhino with the Arabian Skull Crusher through a table, three count. I give this one three stars. Now, now that we're done with this job or shit, let's look at what <laughs> happened next when some real men <laughs> entered the ring, or not the ring, but the arena. Yes. When the greatest wrestling promoter in all of uh, the world, Eric Bischoff, came out with the greatest commentator ever, Jonathan Coachman, who should oh, that's have been, a far stretch. Who should have been announcing this pay per view if it was up to me? <laughs> Edge Christian, Yuck. Tyson Tomko, one another oh. one, the greatest big man in wrestling, Gene Schnitzky. Tomko, Jesus, what happened to Tomko? <laughs> My favorite, my personal favorite tag team, La Resistance. (laughs) William and William Regal entered the ring. Of all of these people, let's see. Let's look at all of the invaders. We've got just the wrestlers alone. All right. Mm -hmm. We got Kurt Angle. We got JBL, Matt Morgan, Carlito. Then we got... Of course, JBL's cabinet, but I don't know. Orlando remember. Jordan, Fashion Brothers. Okay. Edge, Christian, Tomko, Siski, Lowers, Estance, and uh, William Regal. It's like, like 15 wrestlers. And you have Eric Bischoff and Coachman. Only one of those would go on to be ECW champion later on. Can you guess that's, who? That's very true. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, Christian. <laughs> I mean, Kurt Angle probably would have if, you know, he went to rehab. <laughs> yeah. In 06, but. Yeah, I like Kurt Angle for real, so I don't, I don't like to think about those times. Yeah, those are some interesting times. But like, he did go on to like put on some real killer shit in TNA, mm-hmm. even though he was like high on perks. Yeah, the whole perk angle thing when he got real skinny. Um, yeah, you just look in his eyes; they're like, "Wow, those are those are glazed over." <laughs> It doesn't even look like the same person. It doesn't, yeah, because he had like a beard. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> he was super skinny. He had a beard. His eyes mm-hmm. were sunk in. Yeah. I just, it's, it, it, it breaks my heart to think about, so I try not to think about it. But mm-hmm. when uh, up next, we got another match from a couple of guys that uh, would go on to have long careers after this. <laughs> <laughs> That's hateful. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. What could have been and probably should have, could have and should have been even like the match of the night um, was kind of ruined by the crowd, to be honest. Because well, this is right after the was in a bitchy mood. That too. I mean, like from the get go, like, because like the crowd's just basically not even like paying attention to this match. They're chanting over at the fucking balcony. Uh, it's where the ECW, uh, like the, the, the raw guys are that whatever they're just chanting shit at them there is like a brief moment where they do like a back and forth like let's go benoit let's go eddie chan that's really almost it you get from uh this match yeah i mean you would think this would be the match of the night but i mean i hate that eddie's dead don't get me wrong eddie was oh great. yeah and yeah. you know i mean I joke about the Benoit thing more than I should. Mm-hmm. It was horrifyingly tragic. He almost ruined but, wrestling. Yeah, he did for a little while. Yeah. 
certainly shit on his own career and his legacy. Yeah, right. and, it, and I can understand why for a lot of people it's, like, very hard to, like, you know, watch a Chris Benoit match or, like, mm-hmm. you know, sort of, like, appreciate, like, his work or whatever. It's hard for me to get through a Chris Benoit match. And he's yeah, he's one of my me, favorite wrestlers. For me, too. Like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he's a, he was a great, like, in-ring worker, but it's tough to, like, sort of, like, validate that. It's the whole thing that's been going on for the last, like, pretty much forever, you know, trying to separate art from the artist. You know, a lot of people can kind of, some people can kind of do that. Some others can't. And it's very tough in, you know, certain situations. Yeah. Like this one, especially. He's been thanos out of existence. Oh, pretty much. I was going to say, even on the network, yeah, his stuff's still there, but it won't say, like, his name. Yeah. So then, um, yeah, that match was over. You want to that match? Um, it was, it was decent. It's nice technical. I mean... Eddie drew some blood. His nose got busted open there. Um, the finish uh, saw Eddie tapping to the crippler cross face. Um, and then they're both just like visibly pissed off. So I like, they'd walked out um, uh, three stars. Like there was no terrible match on this card. I'll give you that. But this is, this is probably like, the least favorite just because like the crowd kind of wasn't yeah. into it. And then like, you can tell like once the crowd's not into it, these guys are like, just don't give a fuck. Which is, like, you should be trying to, like, fight for the crowd's attention, but, like, they're just not fucking having any of it. Up next, um, Joel Gertner comes and begs Eric Bischoff for a job. And Eric pours his beer and drink all over Gertner, says ECW sucks. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Boo. Um, and here's the match I said I would rate. This match is probably this is the match of the night, right here. Yeah, Mike insane. Dawson versus Tanaka, Masato Tanaka. I think I'm saying his name. No, it's Masato. Yeah, Masato Tanaka. Masato, Masato, Tanaka. Don't you know goddamn anything? Shit, far boy. It's Vampiro. <laughs> it was Jackie Chan. Okay, it was Jackie Chan, and oh my it was. God. The Fat Chick Thriller versus Jackie Chan. <laughs> no, it was that 70s guy. Was he not the Fat Chick Thriller? He was. The, dude, oh. that whole... That WCW run fucking ruined Mike Awesome. Like, Mike Awesome, for me, is, like, the reason why, like, I even, like, got into ECW. Just seeing, like, the clips of him and Tanaka, like, literally just, like, beating the little shit out of each yeah. other. It's amazing, like, the it's trust... It's hard to watch sometimes. It, nowadays, Yeah. But, like, it's amazing, like, the trust these two guys had. Like, they're just bashing each other with chairs, tables, fucking anything. And they're, like, creating some really good fucking moments in ECW. There was a moment where he does, uh, like, a suicide dive or some shit. Yeah. And uh, Joey Styles says, too bad he wasn't successful. Yeah, dude. Joey Styles, his, his fucking shoot commentary here was just awful, dude. Because he was, like, still pissed from, like, three, four years from years ago when Awesome left for WCW. He's like, oh, you're a fucking Judas. You know, you, you left for the money. I'm like, yeah. If he, he left a, a, a sinking ship that was starting. Why? You, why? Yeah, it was pretty shitty he left with the bell for sure. But I like, left. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Take the dude. belt off me before I go. Yeah, I, even even his sh- horribly short-sighted, stupid-ass comments still could not ruin this match. Fuck you, Joey Styles. And, well, Joey, in all fairness, how was he supposed to know the man was going to kill himself a few years later? 
literally a year and a half later. That's true, but still, it's like, you shouldn't say that shit. At least he gave up after a while. He's like, okay, I'll start calling the match. But, like, I don't know, man. Just be professional. Yeah. <laughs> like, say that shit. You want to go, like, on a fucking a you shoot or a video fucking shoot commentary video? Just say that? Go ahead. Don't say that in the middle of a live pay-per-view. Yeah. Well, yeah, no. And I think Joey was playing a character, too. I really don't think Joey was that fucking pissed. Like, I, I think mean, he, he yes expected, and no. He thought that the fans expected him to still be pissed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I felt like he he said what he said and he did what he did as a fan service, but I mm-hmm. really don't think he was actually pissed. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, that's my thoughts. I, I mean, I'm sure there's a shoot interview somewhere out there that I haven't watched because... Let's be real. I, I don't. Ex- I haven't exactly dug up Joey Styles shoot interviews. Although now that I say that out loud, it sounds like something I really, <laughs> I really do want to hear. Yeah, definitely. It would. It would be interesting to hear some uh, behind the scenes ECW shit and whatever. But yeah, this is the this, one match yeah. I'll rate five stars. Best yeah. match of the night. I'm gonna give it the same, dude. This is like is a back and forth, just violent brawl. It's fun. It's fucking insane. Um, the crowd it's, basically gave these guys a standing ovation, and rightfully so. It's hardcore wrestling done properly. Yeah. They didn't abandon psychology. Not at all. I mean, they. it wasn't all just gore and glass and garbage. Like yeah, they only was, used, what, a few tables and a couple chairs? That was it? Yeah, but it was done properly. I mean, mm-hmm. and... and I'm going to tell you, man, if this is the way every ECW match was, this this company would be the number one motherfucker in the world right now. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, the finish was this was fucking crazy because the camera almost didn't catch it. So you like, uh, Awesome gives the Awesome Bomb to Tanaka through the, uh, over the top through the table. And then all you see is like some, like barely you see Mike Awesome just crashing fucking there in the suicide dive, pins him on the outside. Yeah. It's like, ah. Oh. I know at one point somebody goes through a table and a, and a piece of metal sticks up like this close to their head. Oh, shit, yeah. It was probably when they had, um, I think, Awesome leaned one against like one of those steel guardrails. And he did like the running Awesome Bomb off the apron. Yeah. There's one uh, Rob Van Dam story <laughs> that's uh, a good cautionary tale, I think, for wrestlers. where uh, About making sure you do the table spot correctly. Where uh, RVD did a splash on the table, but the table didn't break in the middle like it always does. Instead, it broke like at an angle, mm-hmm. and then a sharp piece came up and scraped him on his face. Oh, and shit. Uh, after the match, he grabbed a, what he <laughs> thought was a piece of skin dangling off of his face, and then he realized it was his eyelid. Whoa. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. You don't fuck with tables, especially the Japanese tables. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if you know what you're doing, do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, you know, everything's got to... We do things a certain way in this business for a reason. Mm-hmm. Just keep that in mind. Oh, yeah. Um, so then right after this match, uh, we have Paul Heyman coming out, and he cuts probably one of the greatest promos he's ever cut ever. One of the greatest shoe promos in the history of wrestling, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Just like the, the lines that come out of him like, I'd say are still quoted this day. Greatest Paul Heyman program is uh, when he talks about Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Yeah. 
That's my yeah. Paul Heyman favorite Paul Heyman era. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I'm just saying, like, this promo in general, like... You think I've like pissed off the internet fans enough today? You think you think we're gonna get some comments from pissed off internet fans? Oh, probably. When when do when do we not? I mean, come <laughs> on, let's be real. Um, but just like the lines that he drops on, like he fucking shoots on the uh, the anti ECW people here are just are just funny. Yeah, are just some really good shit. You know, oh, well, I'm not crying. My eyes are red because I was smoking a joint with Rob Van Dam backstage. Yeah, that's where he opens up. Yeah, and then uh, he shoots on freaking Edge. He's like, I got two words, Matt freaking Hardy. And then, like, Edge's reaction is fucking Yeah, the spit take. He's missed the beer, and he's like, that was three, but he does the V1. He does the V1. It was three. Wait, this three. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, man. And then the fuck, oh, my God, the shot at JBL was, was gold. That's the best part. That's the That's best the one. That's the best part. That's the fucking it, You best don't one. appreciate it as much today watching it back mm-hmm. as you did at the time it happened. Because this mm-hmm. is during, during or uh, immediately after uh, the Reign of Terror. Yeah, because yeah, it was after 20, WrestleMania 21 where Batista basically dethroned him. And they had like those series of rematches. Yeah. So, I, which, by the way, Triple H, Reign of Terror, everybody shits on it. Now, this one I'm being for real. Mm. My favorite era of Triple H. I love, that's what made me, made Triple H my favorite wrestler. Second only to Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I'm still not crazy about it, but... It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I would probably take the Triple H Reign of Terror over the Jeff Jarrett Reign of Terror. Oh, come on now. Yeah, because, well, you're looking back, though, with the Jeff Jarrett Reign of Terror, there's so many people that, like, were over luck and could have won that title even briefly. Like, dude, you friggin' but bitched the, out the, Monty the Brown, turned him heel. But the point was to put over AJ Styles. That too, but like I feel like you could even put it on Monty Brown. That dude was over as fuck, and then they basically turned him heel. Like Monty Brown a couple was months. Waste. I'll give you that. Monty Brown was an unfortunate victim of the Jeff Jarrett reign of terror. But the whole point of the Jeff Jarrett reign of terror was to get AJ Styles over. And it doesn't mean anything if he beats a guy that everybody else and their dog is beat. He's beat. A, he beat a guy. Yeah. Nobody could beat. Yeah, well, yeah, he got AJ Styles over twice because yep. Styles won like, the first one, like in 03, and then yep. two years later. And then Jared had another run with the belt, and then oh yeah, the friggin' uh, the Slammiversary screw job there. Yeah, and then didn't uh, didn't Rhino beat him on the first episode of Impact on Spike? No, that was Bound for Glory uh, 2005. It was supposed to be Jared versus Nash. I think it was yeah, it was supposed to be versus Nash, but Nash was injured or. Didn't show or something. Or did Jarrett win it on the first episode of Impact on Spike? One of the two. I, I think something like that. Because, I mean, Rhino won the title at Bound for Glory that year. And then, like, he had it, I think, for, like, literally not that long. I think it was, like, a month or yeah. so. Yeah, not long. And then Jarrett had it back. And then Christian Cage came in and beat him. And then the whole Slammiversary screw job thing with Earl Hebner happened. That was yeah. fucking stupid, but... <laughs> Yeah, guys, because let's, let's keep recreating the screw job. Listen, if it's 2021, stop recreating the screw job. Yeah, that one's... Or at least put a fucking twist on it or something. Do something screwy, but don't 
make it like don't involve Earl fucking Hebner in it for God's sakes. But yeah, the only reason the JBL was champion for a year was because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. Yeah, which is probably true because I think at one point like Triple H was like drafted to SmackDown and like he got drafted back to Raw like an hour later. <laughs> yeah, no, the next night, like I think it was the it was like after a week the show later went off the air. Yeah, and then they traded him back. Yeah, I and mean, then JBL's reaction to this is like, oh my god. <laughs> Like fucking like having a fucking heart attack. And dude, speaking of JBL, I think on the One Night Stand DVD, there's actually um, mm-hmm. audio commentary where it's it's him, alternate. yeah, like a like an alternate commentary with just him like commentating on the show from the balcony. Oh, it's great. Like, this drunk. I gotta find that. Yeah, again. he's yeah he's drunk as fuck. I recommend if you can find the DVD of ECW One Night Stand to be able to watch JBL's alternative commentary. It's 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 fantastic, dude. It's good shit. It is hilarious because, like you said, he's pissed drunk. <laughs> yeah, and he's like pissed drunk, just like fucking shooting. Like wow. There's a he's even doing it during uh, Paul Heyman's speech when he's like, "This ain't Raw. This ain't SmackDown. This ain't even WWE. This is ECW." And then the crowd pops, and then JBL on that commentary track immediately takes the piss out of it and goes. No, this is WWE Presents ECW. (laughs) 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 The the commentary track is just asshole. It's like watching MST3K in a way, man. Like, he just takes the piss out of everything. Fucking funny. I remember I saw it somewhere, like, on Dailymotion. I don't know if it's still there. I gotta find it again. Yeah, I'd probably watch that. If I could have got my hands on that version... And then watched it and come back to this podcast with the perspective of, of you watch the regular version. I watched the JBL commentary <laughs> version and we come It's giving you all the jokes. Yeah. Because <laughs> there was so many of them. I remember loving that uh, feature on the DVD. To me, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. That was probably a really cool thing, I think, with that DVD. Even though they basically just like dubbed over a lot of the music. But I get why. Yeah. I mean... I don't get so emotional about that like a lot of people do. I get it. Sandman came out to enter Sandman. Like that's the oh. only one. If they if they'd have left that in, nobody would have cared. Nobody would have yeah, noticed. Because that is like literally one of the greatest entrances of all time. Like even at this video, like in this event too, insane. Yeah, and it is Just cool because yeah. you know the crowd makes it. Well, With the crowd, crowd absolutely singing makes along. it. Which uh, here's how you fix that. You get an instrumental version of Inner Sandman or something similar mm. to it. Yeah. It's like when Kurt Angle... Did you ever watch um, WCPW? Um, bits of it. They had a show called True Legacy, a pay-per-view mm. called True Legacy, and Kurt Angle wrestled Cody Rhodes in the main event. During Cody Rhodes' indie darling... Yeah, that's when he just left. Yeah. He's doing all the other new shows, yeah. And Kurt Angle was about to go back to WWE to be in the Hall of Fame, and but that hadn't happened yet. And uh, But it was getting ready to, so it's one of Kurt Angle's last wrestling matches mm-hmm. was WCPW's True Legacy. Um, one of his last matches. Yeah. And um, he uh, 
when he came out on the pay-per-view, of course, they can't use Kurt Angle's music from WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they created a, a track for him to come out to, like an instrumental guitar track mm-hmm. that was patriotic sounding and stuff, but it was not in any way a ripoff of WWE's music until mm-hmm. it gets to somewhere in the guitar track. There's a riff that goes, that way the crowd could go, you suck, you know, yeah. like they, they made sure to put that in there when they mm-hmm. were creating his music, but the rest of it is original and unique. They could mm-hmm. have done something similar. Oh yeah. Maybe has the money to get something that's similar enough to enter Sandman that the fan, that the fans can sing along. And then what can you do? You can't control what a group of like, what, how many thousand people were here? One? 2,500. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Sold out, baby. Yep. I was being a dick. Yeah. How many thousand? One? <laughs> I was going to say, like, dude, ECW even released, like, a couple of, like, their own, like, music compilation albums. On one of them, there was a Motorhead cover of Enter Sandman. Why couldn't you use that? You own everything ECW now. Then they'd have had to pay Motorhead. They still would have had to pay. Oh, are you kidding me? They fucking love them. I mean, Triple H would have been all over that. Yeah, but they would still have had to pay Metallica. Metallica is still. That's true. It's a, yeah. Or just get but, Jim Johnson to do like an instrumental remake. Please, he'll yeah. rip it on five minutes. Yeah, and then just to have it uh, enough of a similar melody that the crowd can sing. Accent Live! Yeah, I was going to say, they did like that with. But Tommy Driver didn't even come up to Man in the Box. He came up to something similar to it. Like nobody can. Like I said, the only interest that anybody gives a fuck about being dubbed is Sandman. Yeah, that and probably like. Uh, I mean, it would have been cool to have like RVD come out to walk, but he still had his WWE theme. So, oh, good, it's still recording. Yeah, we're still here. Yeah, I got caught off. I was hoping not to have to edit this. <laughs> nah, yeah, whatever. It's just like just... a minute. You got to crop out here. It's fine. Yeah, but that's an hour's, about two hours worth of edit. Yeah, shit. It was like we made it literally right now, right to the fucking main event, and then it crashed out. Yeah. yeah. Well, what happened Just was... like the bandwidth went down at one <laughs> Ties all together. Well, what happened was the electricity in my house just flashed for some fucking reason. Oh, shit. And... Because I, I think I even went, whoa, did you guys see that? But I don't know if I was still here or not when that happened. Rob Van Dam, or Tommy Dreamer, did not come mm. out to his normal music, we also said, right? Yeah, like he didn't come out to, it was like a, a similar sounding version of Man in the Box. Something like that. And then I even mentioned, like, you know, it would have been cool to have, like, Rob Van Dam come out to uh, Walk by Pantera, just for, like, one night only. Yeah. But if you already have his WWE theme, why the fuck not, like? People why, still love why, Rob Van Dam regardless. Why spend that money, you know? That's true, I guess. But, like, they, I think they made, like, this show, like, authentic enough to the ECW image. Like, yeah, you didn't really need to go that balls out with it. Like, they, they got the most important song here. And I think yeah, that gets it for sure. Up next, the Dudley Boys, the Deadly Boys. Let's be yes. real. Team 3D. Nobody mm-hmm. remembers these guys as nothing but Team 3D. Yeah. Well, uh, this is the last time they were the Dudley Boys for 10 years. And then I think they went to TNA and then Dudley's like, yeah, we own your fucking names. So you can't use that. And then the 
some whole back and forth shit. If they would have fought, if they would have fought for it, they could have got it because WWE Probably. would not have won that lawsuit. And, yeah. and it's been proven several times. And, and I think a lot of that too was they didn't want to. I don't think they wanted to be the Dudley Boys in TNA. I think they acted pissed off about it mm-hmm. to to appease the fans, but I don't think they yeah. wanted to be the Dudley Boys. Mm-hmm. They wanted to do something different. Yeah. And be Team 3D. Yeah. And it's sort of like even like rejuvenated their careers because like they were, weren't doing much around this time in WWE. Like they sort of split up for a little while, then they got them back. All mm-hmm. this... Reverend Devon. Reverend Devon. <laughs> he just called him a name. That's my favorite. One of my favorite. Uh, Fucking Reverend Devon trying to stop these kids from masturbating. <laughs> I remember uh, the first time, the first WWE event I ever went to. Um, we were talking about heat and velocity. I was in the audience for the first episode of Velocity ever with the oh, Brown Pennings match with Stacy Keebler and uh, uh, somebody else. And well, shit, maybe. that's a good main event for Velocity. <laughs> For the first episode, yeah. I was in the crowd, and it, the first episode of Velocity was taped in Tupelo, Mississippi. And um, on SmackDown that night, um, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, we are talking about Reverend Devon. Reverend Devon, yeah, Reverend Devon came out, and uh, Rikishi came out to fight him. Oh my god. And... Uh, Devine goes, uh, yes, you are inappropriate. I remember what he says. Now you get the hell. I, 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 I mean the heck. <laughs> <laughs> Back there, and you put some pants on. <laughs> <laughs> and I popped hard for that. Reverend Devine was one of my favorite heels. Yeah. Hey, it gave us Batista. Yeah. Or something. Because, because uh, everybody kept stealing money from the... From his church fund. From his church fund. <laughs> was it the APA that was doing it? Just stealing uh, the money? I, I don't probably. know. Probably. I think everyone was trying to take his fucking church fund money. <laughs> He's calling my name. I do remember when he passed it out and Marks were putting the dollar in the plate. I remember thinking, that's hilarious. <laughs> I always wanted to do that gimmick myself so I could get paid when I first got started in the indies. Uh, <laughs> The motherfuckers went and bought beer with that money. You know they kept the money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they went and bought beer. They probably got enough for a case. Yeah. Get a sixer. But the Dudley boys uh, fought Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman in the main event when uh, we got our flaming table spot, did we not? Yes, we did. Um, but, yeah, the Sandman entrance is li- literally like S-tier, probably one of the greatest entrances of all time. I look it up on YouTube. Check it out. It's fucking insane, just like how the crowd like sings along and reacts to all this stuff. I mean, at one point, there's like Sandman's in the crowd; they're off the balcony with like his cane, and like there's one fan like literally bashing himself in the fucking head in Singapore cane of how hyped he is. <laughs> this guy's pouring beer down levels, fucking pouring beer on. I remember that, and then you tits. see Sandman jerk the cane away from the fan. Yeah. <laughs> like get out of here, dude. These, these dudes are like, yeah, like ambushing. He's like trying to like get on the fucking guard. <laughs> Oh man, it's just insane. Like, just when they hear that music, bro. It's insane how over a guy that could not wrestle worth a fuck got. Oh yeah, he was basically like the their like ECW's own Steve Austin, just minus the yeah. work rate. 
Yeah, minus the work rate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did I'd what say, he could. That's I'd it. say, you know, it amazes me how over somebody that can't wrestle a damn gets. But then you got Hulk Hogan and John Cena. and Yeah. Most was, yeah. of the guys that get over as top guys can't wrestle worth a fuck. Yeah, they're, they're, it's all about the character, man. That's it. Like, Hogan had, like, his few moves. Whatever. The five moves of Doom. No, that's... And yeah. Uh, John Cena had that for a time, like the Super Cena phase. Then he started, like, pulling well, out random out, shit out of his ass. It started out as Kevin Nash that had the five moves of Doom. Well, he Everybody had the finger poke of Doom, so, I mean... <laughs> well, he had the five moves, because what happened was, where that came from, uh, they were getting ready to do the fake Diesel and fake uh, Razor Ramon. Oh, yeah. And so Jim Cornette went to... Uh, uh, the back because he was in charge of making the fake diesel and teaching uh glenn jacobs how to wrestle like diesel mm-hmm. and he's like give me every match you got with diesel on it and give me every move he does and and at the end he came up with five mm-hmm. and that included the hair flip mm-hmm. and I, that's how a lot of that got started now yeah, yeah. john cena would later on be synonymous with it but it did start out as kevin nash Mm-hmm. But yeah, they had a, I thought a hell of an ending to the pay-per-view. Hell yeah. I was gonna say, even before this match gets kicked off, the BWO interrupts and I hear Joey Styles like pissing his pants on commentary being like, <laughs> yeah, WCW couldn't sue us because this was a parody and it's, <laughs> and it's legal to do or something. It's like, they couldn't sue us. It's a parody. ha, 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 ha. Yeah, he's like the BWO got over though. Like they even had like the the BWO Japan faction where oh yeah, like, yeah, it was like Taka, um, uh, Taka Terry Man. Boy, Dick to Go, yeah, Dick to Go, Dick to Go. <laughs> and uh, uh, everyone just starts interrupting. Kid Cash comes out here. Oh, balls Mahoney, Axel Rodinge throwing some chair shots. Hello, concussions. Oh yeah, we get one nice clusterfuck of a. Uh, everyone gets their shit in, you know. Yeah. Is this where Kid Cash came in? I don't remember. Yeah, because then, like, you had the ref, like, on fours, whatever, and then, like, Kid Cash jumps off. There's, like, the the huge fucking uh, somersault, like, off the rope spot there. Just the TNA chant. Yeah. Um, So then Stone Cold comes out. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, like, before that, though, like, get into the match. This is fucking violent, bro. Oh, yeah. Everyone's bleeding like crazy. There's a fucking cheese grater. All sorts of shit, like ladders, all sorts of fucking weapons. Um, we get ourselves a cat fight. Yeah, the hottest woman in all of ECW, and you know what? And Tommy's wife. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Beulah McGillicuddy is one of the hottest women in all of wrestling. Oh, man, Tom, Tommy Dreamer got fucking lucky with that one. Dude, man. Beulah, to me, Beulah is hotter than fucking Trish Stratus. Yeah. Oh, well, they're on, they're on equal level, I think. They're on par. <laughs> I, I, I like Beulah better. It's the eyes, man. She's got them beautiful eyes, man. Yeah. The only so. person I think has prettier eyes than Beulah McGillicuddy mm-hmm. is Alicia Fox. Ooh. I always thought she had beautiful eyes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she's not yeah. a I was going to say, even before that cat fight, the, I got the Impact the impact players run in, whatever. Um, Justin hits That's Incredible on Sandman onto barbed fucking wire. It's yeah. nuts. Uh, the cat fight, and then you get like Beulah I said, and- they saved all of the extremist shit for the main event where yeah. it goes. <clears throat> yeah, like because nothing was going to follow that. 
Yeah, you like, can't Even do. the Tanaka and uh, Mike Awesome match that came before this, like, didn't... I mean, yeah, it had more extreme shit than what we're used to from mm-hmm. a WWE production. Yeah, but, but it only involved two weapons, that was it. Yeah, like this, they, they poured everything, they threw everything in this match, and I understand yeah. why, because... One, that's where it goes. It goes mm-hmm. in the main event. You can't do it every fucking match. Mm-hmm. But you can do whatever the fuck you want in the main event. Mm-hmm. So, there's that. So, yeah. Uh, Beulah and Tommy Dreamer at the stereo DDTs. I think Beulah's off a bit, though. Yeah. It looked like really, like the camera angle, like, whiffed it. But I think they edited it later to make it, like, look better, whatever. Well, goddamn. I mean, she hadn't been in the business for, like, what, six, seven, eight years even longer than that. I think she like left after like 97, 98. So she's been gone for quite a while. Yeah. The fact she made an appearance at all. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. fuck. The crowd like popped hard for that. Um, but yeah. The scene to me, though, she's the chick that you, uh, you bring home from the bar. She's like that guilty pleasure girlfriend everybody has when they're in their 20s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas like you don't let anybody know she's there. But yeah, no. You get a little bored on a Saturday, you're going to call her up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, yeah. uh, The finish here, uh, so Spike comes down, brings the lighter fluid. They, you know, like the table. Dreamer, who's literally, like, bleeding from head to probably toe at this point, gets uh, powerbombed through the flaming table. One, two, three. Get this man a fire extinguisher because he's, like, fucking going like this. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. Uh, for me, I give this, it was, oh, it was really good. This was like basically a, like any ECW match between uh, Dudley's and Dreamer and Sandman. Cause it sort of it almost kind of reminds me of like Heatwave 98, like when they had that match there too. I think it was a six man though in that one, but it's very reminiscent, very similar to like the wars between these two, uh, these two pairs of guys here. Uh, 3.75 stars for me. All right. Well, then Sandman is in the ring and he starts yelling, somebody get me a beer. Yeah, I was going to say because like a medic wouldn't do shit. And then Joy Styles like, screw a beer. This man needs plasma. Yeah. <laughs> like, somebody get me a beer. And then who comes out to answer the call but Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hey, he was in ECW for three months. It still counts. <laughs> it counts. It counts. Um, then he calls then- out the locker room, which is really cool. Because they come out to Thunder Kiss 65. That was the original uh, Hardcore TV theme. Yeah. At least in the, the redubbed version I watched, it was the Thunder Kiss 65. They came out, I was like, ah, that's a cool little callback. Yeah. So then um, the ECW dudes come out. They get in the ring. They challenge the WWE guys to come mm-hmm. in. We have one more brawl to send them home. Everybody, mm-hmm. of, co- of course, did you know that JBL shot on the Blue Meanie in this fight? Yeah, I was going to say, this story like has <laughs> gone on through the ages. And like we get it. I fucking know. Yeah, we're not, then, I don't want to talk about that too fucking much. Yeah. It's been done to death at oh, this yeah. point. That led to its own angle, which was, I guess, kind of cool. But, like, fuck JBL. <laughs> yeah, JBL. He was fucking drunk. He was, he's, he's naturally he was also, a uh, dick as he's naturally, it is. Yeah. He's a bully. He's a dick. So I would of course, call yeah. him a bully, man. Like I would call I him know. my kind of a dick. Like he's he's my kind of a guy. Because mm-hmm. like to me, what all the shit that I've heard JBL accused of doing on the internet and stuff, to me, dude, I've seen so much worse in in the locker room from boys and stuff. And to me, it just sounds like 
Like, yeah, he's a bit of a jerk, but it's it's ribbon, you know? He's ribbon people. He's not... What's the word I'm looking for? Harassing or... Mm. Uh, what's it called? Initiating or whatever. Oh, like hazing? Hazing, like there we go. Yeah. He's not hazing anybody. He's just ribbing people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's a dick. He's JBL. Mm-hmm. Of course he's a dick. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it just, it, it's, it's, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't see the problem here. I don't see why it's such a big fucking deal. I guess. But yeah, that was the whole thing. He, like a shot on him. Um, Taz comes out and that was also playing into, um, the build up to this pay-per-view as well. Cause I think Angle was trying to recruit Taz to be on like, the anti-ECW thing. Taz wasn't having none of it. Then like Angle basically beat the literal shit of him, left the bloody mess. So Taz comes out, goes right after Kurt Angle, cause Hajime chokes his fucking ass out, and the ECW guys clear house of the anti-ECW uh, peoples, and then uh, Stone Cold calls Mick Foley and says, hey, get Eric Bischoff, because Eric Bischoff literally ran over to commentary on this yeah. during this period, whatever, drags him to the ring, he basically takes a bunch of finishers, and then uh, the Dudley end up taking him out to the trash. And then Stone Cold asks Bischoff, what is his thoughts? On the event to which Bischoff replies, the greatest PCW. <laughs> my favorite line of the whole night. <laughs> Fuck ECW. <laughs> That's my thoughts on it, folks. Go ahead and tell me about it in the comment section. Oh, no. This was a, a great show, man. Like, A+. Plus. <laughs> I know. I'm just being a heel at this point. Literally the best... Uh, tribute to ECW anyone's ever done, I'd say. I'd say second best. Second only to Hardcore Justice. I actually thought that was okay. But, like, there's (laughs) nothing compared to this one. Dude, Hardcore Justice was hot garbage, man. Come on. I don't know. Well, as an ECW fan, like, when I'm, like, it was okay to me. I don't know. There was some stuff that was iffy, but... fucking light in the impact zone? What was the point of the blue guy And then trying to not reference ECW, the letters ECW, they still said ECW, like, fucking 20 times. Yeah. But, um... They said, uh... It says, according to Wikipedia... That after the show went off the air, the ECW's wrestlers left the ring one at a time, but Tommy Dreamer stayed in the ring. He bowed to the ECW logo as the fans chanted, chanted thank you, Tommy. The Dudley boys came back in the ring and hugged Dreamer, and then Dreamer said something like, this is for all of you. I guess he cut a small promo after the show was over. Mm-hmm. Sent the fans home happy. Hell yeah. Or as happy as they could be until the next year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because the next year, of course, all ECW fans would just get more and more happy as the year <laughs> went on. Yeah, the uh, the not so uh, fondly remembered about rewatch uh, relaunch. To me, to me, ECW doesn't really become a major thing that's worth watching until about September two thousand and six, when they got the belt <laughs> off of that fucking junkie jobber guy. And they put it on a real superstar like the big show. That was like in July. They did. That <laughs> was like oh, okay. a, a month in. <laughs> oh man! If, and if then only we got Rob the greatest champion you know. of all time, Vince McMahon. Oh god, yeah, we got Durag Vince. <laughs> that was some <laughs> shit. Durag Vince. <laughs> oh man! But 
final grade for the show overall, what would you give it? I say A plus. I mean, this is the uh, the best closure any ECW fan would want, and they, probably the best one they'd get. I mean, this is one of the first and probably the best of like the many many ECW tribute shows that have happened over the last God knows how many years. Thank yeah. God they put that idea to rest now because. I don't know how yeah. uh, Hardcore Homecoming is still a tour, isn't it? It was for a bit after, but then like it, they just stopped. Yeah, Hardcore Home- Homecoming became a separate promotion. It yeah. was an ECW reunion tour. Mm-hmm. It became later on. Yeah, they did a few other. They only did like a handful of shows. And then I think like Shane Douglas tried to do a thing, like Extreme Rising, and that failed miserably. That's the one. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, like he tried to do his own promotion in the vein of ECW. That failed. Um, Tommy Dreamer still has House of Hardcore, which I mean is still pretty good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, man, this is a great show. Um, I fucking watched this a million times over. I know I already have. Um, this basically like turned me in, uh, onto like ECW and stuff as well, because I remember <clears throat> this is like around the start of like me watching wrestling, like the first sort of few years that I did. Um, and man, just seeing ECW like like this was just so different to me. And like it was crazy, and I instantly became a fan of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, part of me thinks, and, and I'm being serious now. Uh, had it ended here, this would have been a really good note to end ECW on. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, the disaster uh, of 2006 through what 2009, 10. Yeah, up until February 2010, I think. But I think had that not happened, we wouldn't have NXT today. That's true. So in a way, this very show is the genesis of NXT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Because near the end of like that WWE-CW run was like basically they're just getting guys from their developmental and throwing them on here and sort of building their characters in a way. It was like a yeah. very early version of like what NXT would become after the game show era of NXT? Well, the problem with ECW trying to do that is when people watch ECW, they don't want to see Elijah Burke and uh, no matter how good these fucking guys are, nobody wants to see that fucking group. You know, they want to see the ECW originals. Yeah, that's yeah. They're not interested in, and the only person I would say that came in that fit the aura or whatever of ECW was CM Punk. CM Punk, yeah, and the fans immediately like latched onto him, like what from when he debuted on the brand. You could see yeah. that, like the crowd just love Waste, the biggest waste was Monty Brown. Yeah, but I, mean, I like, think he left because like of some family issues and stuff. But like he, he definitely could have went somewhere in that in WWE, CW. Yeah, I think had they, I think they should have skipped the WWE, CW bullshit with Monty Brown, and just brought him into uh, fucking. Uh, Raw or SmackDown, and let him be Monty Brown. Oh yeah, dude. Even even if you want to rebrand whatever, give him that Marcus Corbin name, but still like have like the alpha male character and all that. 
and the mannerisms and shit because he was already over like like that elsewhere. Yeah. Like, why not keep that momentum going? Give him give him a nice little build, you know, get him like a singles title, then you can build him in a couple years to a world title. I mean, I think Monty Brown. I don't know, man. It's just I feel bad for such how, how bad of a missed opportunity it was. Yeah, dude, he she should have won the title even for like a couple months in TNA. Yeah, well, you guys want to know what we're talking about in July? What will our next topic on wrestling be? Um, well, I think we're swaying. We're doing something different for next month. So we're not doing an event of sorts, but we're more or less going to be doing sort of a, a musical uh, take on wrestling. That's right. Let's take a look. Take one. And action. It's the coolest. It's the grooviest. It'll rock your socks. Who wrote this shit? Our Lady Peace, Disturbed, Creed, Kid Rock, Limp Biscuit, Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson. That's all you need to say, man. Let's try script number two. Put the women and children to bed because it's time to turn it up a notch. And... What the f***? Turn it up a notch! Wait, okay, how about, how about... You're an idiot! Take three. This is a waste of my time. Get down and boogie! <sighs> it's a super cool this CD. Why don't you just say WWE Forcible Entry kicks major... You idiot! Oh yeah! Next month, WWF forcible entry. Yeah. Because I remember buying the CD and it still had the F on it. I never found one with the E on it. Ever. Yeah. Because I was even looking this up. It was like right around that time when they they said, "Get the F out. We got the E in here." <laughs> yeah, but everything that was coming out for like the rest of the year still had the old logo. <laughs> yeah, you could get ones with the F or the E. So. Yeah, we're yeah. going to be reviewing this uh, album next month here on Ray Ashland. So, yeah, tune into that. It'll be something different. Uh, something more in the vein of what we're used to, because normally we review music. So, it'll be a good hybrid show with what we're used to with Guns and Radio. I don't know if we'll go track by track. We'll figure it out. We got a month to figure it out. Well, we got yeah. a couple of weeks at this point. I was going to say, there's a lot of tracks on here. So, I don't know if you want to go like all of them. There's like almost 20 tracks if you want to go like one I by don't one. Oh, man. We're, let's see. That's something we got to talk about off the air is how we're going to tackle it. Yeah, but you'll, you'll you'll find out next month when the episode yeah. drops. The reason the reason that I chose this to be the thing that I wanted to do for the show is because I literally had a dream about this album, <laughs> and I started doing a little bit of research because of it, and I was like, "Huh, that would make a good topic." And in my dream, I was researching the album because we were going to do a podcast on it, and I was like, mm-hmm. "You know what?" That sounds like a good idea. Let's do that. Bucket. <laughs> but that's going to do it for this month's edition of Wrestling. Brought to you late. Better late than never, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we hope you, uh, if you're watching the video version on YouTube, we hope you don't uh, get discouraged by the, the cutout scene there. Hopefully. I'll edit it, the audio version that yeah. everybody else is getting. For uh, sure. But, but yeah. Thank if you, you want to see the video version of this and all of our podcasts, head over to gunsradio.com. See how you can get access to everything as well as early access to all of our weekly shows. So, oh, yeah. That's something to check out. And Definitely. until next time, I'm Dustin Bones. I'm Chris Caputo. We'll see you in July, next we'll month, see- sometime in July. Yeah, for wrestling. But we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new edition of Guns and Radio.
Mm-hmm. We'll see you then. Peace. Deuces.